Good morning. My name is Rick. I work for Grace Church uh, in Nottingham and uh, it's so wonderful to be able to speak with you this morning, particularly maybe if you've never even come to, to Grace Church before and uh, you're just catching up with us online for the first time. Hello to you especially. Um, I do hope you managed to cope with the, the change of the clocks. They went forward. Um, it's spring forward today and I, I realised that as I was preparing this message today and uh, just thought, oh my goodness, we don't need any more confusion, do we? But there we are. That's what we've got. And if you, uh, if you did tune in last week, you'll have heard uh, JP, John, uh, who's one of our, our leaders at Grace Church, uh, speaking from Hebrews. And uh, we're, we're in a series uh, doing, uh, going through Hebrews at the moment and uh, we're taking a little break from that today uh, as we, uh, we do a mini preach series called In These Days. And uh, in this series we're going to be exploring uh, what it is to do discipleship at a distance and today I'm going to be talking about the Bible. Uh, and as I talk about it, I mean the Bible is full of life and truth for us today and so I'm going to be referencing it throughout. I'm going to be focusing our message today on, on just a, a few verses but I will be making reference to, to lots of the bits of the Bible and to serve you um, we're actually going to be putting on screen uh, the, the the Bible quotes themselves uh, so you can you can look them up if you've got a Bible in front of you and you're like oh what is that bit in Ecclesiastes or, or what have you you can uh, you can find that as we go. Um, if you don't have a Bible in front of you, maybe hit pause right about now, go and find one. And if you don't have a Bible at all, well, um, just get, get your phone, download one, Amazon, iTunes, I'm sure you'll find one very easily. Um, but why? Why are we doing uh, the uh, talking about the Bible today? Well, it's because so many people are asking, why? Why is all of this happening? What is going on? Why is Rick speaking to us? Uh, through YouTube and not face to face. Why is he in his room with his kids shouting outside the door? I'm sorry if you can hear them at any point. What part does God have to play in all of this? Does he take any interest in what's going on? Does he have anything to say about coronavirus or self-distancing or social distancing and the way it affects my life? Self-isolation, sorry. And he, Yes, yes he does. And it's in this book, God has spoken. This is the revealed, unchanging, eternal word of God, which is, as actually we heard in Hebrews a few weeks ago, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to pierce into every crevice of humanity. And the Bible is you know, written over a hundred, hundreds of years written hundreds of years ago, but that doesn't mean it's irrelevant for our lives. Rather, it means it has relevance for every human life, because it's seen it all, and there's nothing new under the sun. And maybe you know this, and you think, well, what, you know, what's my response to all of this? And you, what, what should I do about it? How do I, you know, tackle this, this behemoth? Well, I want to talk to you for the next 25 minutes or so uh, from the book of Psalms, and we'll explore some of those questions. And Psalms is a, it's a, it's a very special book. It's quite unique. Um, I'm, all the Bible is special, I understand that, but it's very singular, um, mainly because it's, it's not really a book at all. It's, it's more a, a compilation of uh, many songs of the people of God uh, written over 
a thousand years. And so maybe if you were worshipping in your in your group just now and you were looking at the uh, digital songbook we've got for worship and you're thinking, blow me, some of these some of these songs are old. They're, they're from the 80s. Well, uh, <laughs> imagine opening the book of Psalms for your home group worship. This one's from thousands of years ago. But the reason I really like Psalms, the reason it's really special is because it so often gives voice to our inner self, our emotions, our thoughts. The church father Athanasius, you don't have to remember his name, he said, uh, <laughs> he said, while the rest of the Bible speaks to us, Psalms speaks for us. The rest of the Bible speaks to us, Psalms speaks for us, which means when you don't know how to pray, which to me feels like quite a lot at the moment, when you don't know how you feel, even, read the Psalms and they will speak for you. They will give you the words to your inner self. And read them out loud, by the way. This is my, my top tip uh, for, for reading Psalms. And in fact, I do it for a lot of the wisdom literature, which is Job's, Proverbs, um, Ecclesiastes. And I read it out loud um, because whisper it very quietly. I actually find these a little bit dull. I'm, I'm a narrative man. I, I used to be an actor. I love storytelling. And so, you know, give me a, a grand sweeping story. Psalms isn't that. It's a, it's a collection of songs. It doesn't have a great sweeping narrative. Imagine re reading the, uh, the Grace Church songbook from cover to cover, you know, starting with a debtor to mercy alone and hoping that you find some great reveal in uh, Your Love is Amazing. It doesn't work like that. But what it is are songs that speak the language of our heart. And so when I speak them out loud, my speech mingles with the word of God and it speaks for me. All those fears I've been feeling are released. All those questions of confusion I express to God. This is a wonderful, wonderful gift to us. Should we, uh, should we look at the passage then? Uh, Psalm 1, I'm going to start right at the beginning, uh, verses 1 to 3. So it's going to be quite short. Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf doesn't wither. In all that he does, he prospers. And fascinatingly, the, the whole of the book of Psalms starts with this one word, blessed. Blessed and, and bless or blessing is a word that we see quite a lot in the Bible and uh, it's appropriately there because um, I, I think we use it as a translation for the Hebrew word there because the blessing implies that there's two parties, two people involved. Uh, you know, one person blesses another and that's what's going on. God blesses the man. But we can also use a different word to translate this. 
it could be translated happy or rather truly happy and I think wow what a brilliant way to start the Psalms because it says you know who wants to be happy and I, I think all of us don't we I, I, I can't hear you because this is a recording but uh, if you want that why don't you say it after me I want to be happy great I think I even heard some of you or maybe it was my child I'm not sure we all want to be happy of course but Psalms is actually more cleverly compiled than the Grace Church songbook which is just alphabetical Psalm 1 is actually deliberately placed right at the beginning of this holy anthology because this acts as a catch-all for the whole of what is to come you want to be happy it says find your delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on it day and night and this this word law here it means uh, well it's it, the, the the word is Torah in, in Hebrew which means instruction but colloquially can be used for, for the whole Bible and uh, so it's saying you know read the Bible but meditate on it it's more than just um, reading it in the morning it, it's thinking about it throughout the day it's ruminating on its words it's, it's, it's percolating its truths through our lives but we see a, a progression here too in, in verse 1 you know, the progression of you walk, you stand, you sit. It's a warning against getting comfortable with godlessness. It's a bit like when I, <laughs> I'm working from home now, I'm sure many of us are the same, but when I used to, to walk in at the end of the day into my house and, uh, you know, I'd walk towards my favourite chair, I would stand by it and I'd sit by it. It's that finding comfort. It's warning us, finding comfort in godlessness. But actually there's a more uh, nuanced uh, progression happening here too. Because to walk in the counsel of the wicked means to have our thinking shaped by godlessness. Counsel shapes our thought. The way we're advised shapes our thinking we can't we can't do anything about that that's in fact that's culture that's what that is you know you don't ask a fish how's the water today it doesn't even know it's wet it's just the culture in which it lives and so it is for me too i'm almost blind to the culture around me but i let it feed me so it means you know whether it's instagram or the bbc website or Disney Plus or any other medium that I'm consuming while I'm in my isolated state I'm allowing that counsel to shape the way I think and this book combats culture yeah hallelujah so much of British culture today has been shaped by the Word of God we must be so thankful for that but there's so much of it that isn't as well and I want to know the difference I want to learn to think in a way that's going to make me happy truly happy and so I try I strive every morning to read this before I pick up my phone 
before I fill my mind with culture. Which means some real uh, choices, you know, proactive choices. My, my phone doesn't go in my bedroom, for example. I, I charge it in a different room to the room I'll, I'll uh, study the Bible in. I know it's not possible for everyone, but sometimes this stuff comes just down to the brass tacks of life. I have printed out my Bible in a Year McShane uh, Bible reading plan on an actual old-school, real-life piece of paper. So that I don't have it on my phone to look up, oh, what's today's reading? Oh, I might just check Twitter while I'm here. And I get sucked into my screen. The second stage of this progression, you start with thought. It then says, happy is the man who stands not in the way of sinners. And our, our way, or our, our manner, is our behaviour. It's the things that we do. And our behaviour is driven by our thoughts. Jesus says in John 15, You are my friends. <laughs> you are my friends if you do what I command you to do. If you do them. The Christian faith is an active one. We are called to do, to behave like Jesus. His way is meant to be our way. And if we want to learn how to behave like him, we must learn how to think like him and we must receive the counsel of the word. And the final stage in this progression is about belonging. Where you sit, where you rest, where you find your home. Happy is the man who rests, sits, not in the seat of scoffers. And the only way to be happy, truly happy, is to know that we belong to God. <laughs> to know that we are not our own. That we instead are bought, protected and cherished by the everlasting Father. So we need the word of God, the law of the Lord, to transform our thinking, our behaviour and our sense of belonging. But how does this transformation occur? Well, the, the psalm gives us a, a picture of a tree. A, a tree, and uh, a tree that's planted by streams of water. Uh, some time ago, Cheryl and I, uh, we took a holiday in uh, the Lake District and we, we bought a little cherry tree. And uh, I say little, it, it seemed little in the garden centre and it was definitely small enough uh, to comfortably get back to our ho uh, holiday accommodation. Um, but it felt very big when we loaded the car up to come back home and we only had a little Ford KA at the time and the, the thing was in the, you know, the, the handbrake uh, little zone and the branches were tickling our ears and it suddenly felt quite a large tree. But we got it home and we planted it in the front garden and it looked like a small tree again and it's been there about five years and I was looking at it the other day and I thought it's only grown an inch and a half or something I was looking at you know from where we planted it it's a bit disappointing if I'm honest and our uh, our neighbours the other day asked you know are you, are you going to take it with you when you move Cheryl and I are moving uh, to Newcastle in 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 the autumn to uh, plant the the river church and uh, and our neighbours said are you going to take it with you and I said no because I know that even though it's only grown just a little bit above the soil, 
over the last five years it will have dug deep roots and be very difficult to get out now. You see trees are always much bigger than they appear to be above the ground. For a tree to grow upwards it must first grow downwards. There's a parallel passage to this in uh, Jeremiah and, uh, and it says in there that the, the tree sends out its roots to the stream. And that's what we do as we meditate on the law of the Lord, as we read our Bibles, we let it change us. We reach to receive the rivers of living water in our lives which will change us. Because they will. I mean, you think about it, a root doesn't uh, just transport water. It's not like a, like, a, like a pipe that it just moves through. No, when, when water comes to a root, it, it takes it in and the whole plant is substantively changed. Just as when the snow and the rain falls from heaven and lands on the ground, it doesn't just go straight back up again. No, it, it waters the earth. It changes the landscape. And in the same way, we can expect the word of God to change us when it feeds us. But it's slow growing, isn't it? It is slow going. Uh, I hope um, you're making the most of our liberty to, to go for, for walks at the moment. Um, uh, my family and I, after lunch, we take a little stroll around Bestwood Country Park. And, uh, and that's been really lovely. Uh, and we've been showing our, our three-year-old, you know, look at the really big trees. They're really, really old. And uh, the, the dangerous thing about teaching her anything at the moment is that she then says, why? 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 And I, I don't really have good enough answers. But I know that that's true. You know, the biggest trees are, are decades, even centuries old. And that's the image we have here. God is building something in our lives that is strong and lasting. It's not flowers or, or grass that's here today and gone tomorrow. He's building us into trees, but it is slow going. Just a little bit over five years. Which means we can have patience for ourselves. We can have grace for ourselves. As we you know, read that bit in Deuteronomy or Judges or Job and we just don't understand it that's okay because we can have faith that it is feeding us though maybe perhaps imperceptibly right now one thing I'm uh, really missing as um, as I'm working from home is uh, not picking up the the metro the uh, the free newspaper uh, not because it's a particularly good read it's fine but because it has a, a daily cryptic crossword in the back that um, I along with some of the other uh, staffers at Grace Church like to do over our lunch breaks and with a crossword um, you know, there's a bit of a debate uh, amongst some of us you know I think the downs are easier well I can't for me I can't think that way I have to start with the acrosses because you know that's the beginning of the page let's start at the beginning please and um, uh, so you start with the acrosses and you go right uh, one across um, no no idea okay fine well, maybe the downs are easier uh, let's go four across um, no don't know that one either and eventually you do get one and you, you fill it out and well, it turns out it wasn't down after all, they are easier. But what that does, that, that one clue, that answer you've given, it gives you a clue to doing the other ones because there are letters in the places where there weren't before. 
and eventually you'll come back round to one across and four across and go oh I kind of I know a little bit more of what it's trying to get at now because it's got the right letters in the right places and it gives me a shape of the word reading the Bible can be like that there may be times I don't want to disillusion you there may be times when you read a bit of the Bible and you go what the heck is it talking about I don't really understand that at all I'm here to tell you that's okay <laughs> that's okay do you know the secret keep reading just keep reading because at some point you will get to a bit that you understand there will be lots of them but eventually you will come back round to the to, to one across to that bit that you had no idea what it was talking about before and you will suddenly see ah it's a bit like that. It's a bit shaped like that. I've got a clue from another bit of the Bible that I now do understand that helps me understand this a little bit better. To have patience and keep reading. But um, I do want to give some, some practical advice uh, because I don't want to just say like, ah, you lump it. You're never going to find out what it means. No, uh, top tips. If you've never read the Bible or you're just trying to start getting back into it again, um, start with the New Testament. Start, um, it's, uh, it's the so it comes about three quarters of the way through the Bible, starts with the book of Matthew, read through from there. That's the life of Jesus onwards. Because that you'll, you'll find that the easiest bit to read. Don't, please, start with Genesis. Don't start at the beginning. Don't try and read it to cover to cover. You'll get lost in Leviticus. Don't do, also, by the way, um, what I did inexplicably when I decided to start reading the Bible for myself. Um, I didn't ask for help, which is a, a bad move to begin with but I thought ah, you know I know that I've got to read a bit of the Old Testament a bit of the New Testament let's try and mix it up so what do I do I decided to read it alphabetically that was a terrible decision I mean Acts what a great start then Amos left hand turn I gave up the whole thing by the time I got to Deuteronomy no do ask for help ask your home group leader you can still do that over a zoom call um, and by the way, if you're not part of a home group and you'd love to connect with our community, you are so welcome to do that. Um, the best place to go is uh, gracechurchnottingham.org uh, forward slash uh, get connected. gracechurchnottingham.org forward slash get connected. Uh, we've set it up just for people like you who are, are looking to find community in this time of isolation. And speaking of Zoom, tomorrow night, uh, the wonderful Josh Donagani is going to be running another of his uh, uh, read the Bible sessions. We did Jonah a couple of months ago, I don't know if you remember, and uh, it's, it's an opportunity to dig into a particular book. This time we're going to do 1 John, and, uh, and just it's good to study it anyway, but it will also give you tools for how to study yourself, because we all have different ways of learning, we all have different ways of, of interacting with, with the Bible, and, uh, and it's, it's finding the ways that, that suit you the best. I've done some of these myself, I think they're excellent. Uh, so that's going to be tomorrow night, 7.30 till 8.15 on Zoom, and you can find out more information about that on our website too. So lots of practical things for you to do. But I do just want to encourage you, there are still so many bits of the Bible where my, I'm totally boggled by. And that's okay. That's okay. Because we have the rest of our lives and actually the rest of eternity to comprehend the Word of God. But we mustn't feel, I don't know, overwhelmed by the enormity of the task of trying to read this thing either. We should just rather allow our thirst for God that is quite pertinent right now to push us forwards. What does the um, verse go on to say? 
it says the tree doesn't wither. In the, the Jeremiah version, again, it says that the, uh, the tree fears not heat, nor is anxious about drought, because it has its roots deeply set in the stream. So it doesn't need moisture from any other source. It's got all it needs. We are in the most testing time of our age. Negativity and fear and uncertainty are rife. This is the, the drought and the scorching heat of our generation. But we do not need to fear it. When we put our trust in Jesus, when we put our roots in the Bible, we will receive all that we need. And actually, it speaks of more than just surviving, just getting by. It actually speaks of thriving. Because it says it will produce fruit. The Jeremiah passage says that the leaves won't run dry. And, you know... This is not survival, this is thriving. This is actually part of the Grace Church vision. We want to build a thriving community that reaches into Nottingham and replicates this across the country. And what does it mean to thrive? It means to be fruitful, it means to produce fruit. If we uh, go back to my, uh, my tree in my front garden, um, it's... Uh, I remember buying it in Windermere and uh, it was just you know, a pot with some twigs at the time. I don't know what kind of tree it was. Um, and I saw the tag and it said cherry tree. I was like, oh great, we wanted one of them. So, you know, that's why we got it. But if it didn't have the tag, I wouldn't have had any idea. And that's because the only way we're able to identify trees, plants, is by the fruit they produce. When the summer comes round and it has little red berries and, you know, oh yeah, it's a cherry tree. And I know there are some clever clogs that will be able to tell you by the type of blossom or the shape of the leaf, but the point still stands that a tree is identifiable by the, the life that it issues. Jesus says in John 15, if you have a life in me, you'll produce fruit like me. That's how I want my life to be identified. Even in the midst of the scorching heat, the drought, I want to be producing that kind of Jesus fruit on my branches. And what is this Jesus fruit? It's love. It's joy. It's peace. It's patience. It's kindness. It's goodness. It's faithfulness. It's gentleness. And it's self-control. And in the midst of this crazy crisis, we can know all those things when we root ourselves in the Word of God. As we allow this book to feed us daily. And there's our challenge. There's our challenge. How? How are you going to find time in your day to read the Bible because it may be that you've had 
I don't know, university cancelled and you've suddenly got loads of room in your calendar to uh, just sit there and flick through judges and all the tricky bits that you never got round to. Or it might be that the kids are home and you suddenly feel like you have no time left at all. Well, in my experience, <laughs> it's always been a fight. I always have to fight to find time to read the Bible. Uh, particularly in the past, um, uh, my life was uh, not chaotic, but, but quite unpredictable. I, I used to be an actor, and uh, and so my routine would be off week to week. You know, sometimes I'd be touring in uh, in Scotland or so similar, and then another week I'd be at home in my bedroom in Nottingham, unemployed. I got married and uh, you know got a steady job, but then my wife was a nurse, and so she would do uh, shift work, and sometimes would mean she would. Uh, start very early or finish very late and I you know wouldn't have time to go back home to go back to work and so I just end up sitting in a coffee shop waiting and the thing is you've got to just treat these moments of change and we're in a big one not as a threat but as an opportunity to do something fresh to do something new when I had lots of time I would uh, I'd get this bad boy out and I'd really dig into it. This is the, the ESV study Bible. I really recommend it. It's got loads of really helpful notes for trying to understand the more complex bits. That's what I did when I had time. But other times when I found myself in a coffee shop and I, I you know, I wasn't going to carry that around. It's massive. Um, I would just have my phone and have a Bible app on there. And then maybe just a, a gentle um, uh, commentary or something to help me read it. Um, this is, uh, I really recommend this, this is Phil Moore, uh, Straight to the Heart series, he's done a whole load of them. I've actually used this, uh, Psalms, in preparation for today's message. But it's, it's so readable, it's, I don't know, four pages a chapter and making a little comment on something. It's really, really life-giving and, and helping us understand some of the, the trickier bits uh, of the Bible and give, <laughs> give voice to our inner self as we saw. But that's just Psalms, those other ones. And then... Finally, uh, recommend this one. JP highlighted it at the beginning of the year as we started Hebrews. Hebrews for everyone. Similar sort of, uh, quite light, quite easy to read. Um, but we are going to pick up the Hebrews series again. And so why not? Get a copy of this. You can still get it on Amazon. And, uh, and let it feed you. Let it change you day to day. But we must remember, finally, that we're under grace. We are under grace. Let me tell you the truth. Tomorrow, if you get up and you read your Bible, Jesus loves you. If you get up tomorrow and you don't read your Bible, Jesus loves you. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. If you trust him, if you believe in him, you are in Christ. Verse 1 says, Blessed is the man. Not blessed is a man, but blessed is the man. Because actually, Psalms 1 Verses 1 to 3 is, is not a manifesto for happiness. It's actually a declaration of who Jesus is. Because there is only one man who meditates on the law of the Lord day and night. 
There is only one man who is the blessed man, and it is Jesus. There is only one man who was perfectly obedient, and by his obedience, we are saved. Blessing is the right word to use, not happiness, because it implies two parties, two persons. The Father blesses the Son. That's why he is the man who is blessed. But by his Spirit, we are adopted into the same relationship. So we can be blessed when we are in Christ. We can be happy, truly happy. In Revelation, right at the end of the Bible, we see another river flowing from the throne of God, pouring out blessing. And it flows to a tree. It flows to a tree that heals the nations. This tree is the cross of Christ. This tree is the, where the one who knew no sin became sin and that we might then receive the blessings of the throne of God poured out on us. This tree, this cross, yields fruit, never withers. Everything that Christ does prospers. We are that fruit. We are his prosperity. And in him, when you are in Christ, you can be happy. Truly happy. I want to know him more. Don't you? Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you that you have revealed yourself to us. We thank you that you've brought us to the Father. Pray, Lord, teach us, grow us. Would we deepen our understanding, our love and our worship of you as we seek to understand your word? Would we meditate on it and would we be blessed? Thank you, Jesus. Amen.